Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. On this episode of the podcast, we will be discussing everything Kings County. We'll go through the history of the distillery, current news, and of course, our personal favorite aspect of the show, the tastings. With me, as always, is my intrepid and brilliant co-host, Andy Kleshik. Andy, how you doing today? You know, I'm enjoying life right now. I'm still in the house, unfortunately, but, you know, that's going to take time. Uh, enjoying the weather today. It's a heck of a lot better now than it was last week when we recorded. Absolutely. Um, you know, but not bad. Can't complain. Love it. So I'm just going to say I'm super excited about the whiskey we're recording today. Uh, it's one that I've never had before. It's one that I've wanted to have for a very long time. It's going to be a lot tougher for us to find. Right. It's, of course. So I'm not going to waste anyone else's time. I'm, I am super excited. I want to give it a taste here. So Andy, why don't we jump right in, tell the folks everything they need to know about Kings County Distillery. Of course. Uh, you know, because this is a brand that is definitely not worth sleeping on from the Big Apple. Definitely Um. Not. So they're, you know, of course we did Hudson... Uh, bourbon last week. This is a bit younger of a brand than Hudson. Uh, found it about seven years later um, than them in 2010. Out of a measly 325 square feet um, uh, worth of space in East Williamsburg, New York. Um, in uh, Brooklyn. Um, okay. And, uh, and it's something that in that space they ended up actually I think it was actually in that space that ended up running five different 24-liter stills um, for about 16 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, and, of course, they're no longer in there. That's just not feasible amount of space for any business, really, uh, at least in this regard, really any business to be operating. Uh, so now they're in for anybody in uh, New York City and specifically Brooklyn, uh, you know, anybody that knows it, um, the Paymaster Building down there in the Brooklyn Navy Yards, um, which is, you know, they're kind of down. That's an area that has a whole lot of whiskey history. Oh, wow. uh, for anybody that really knows, it's something that that Paymaster Building is actually close to where the uh, Brooklyn Whiskey Wars of the 1860s and 1870s, early 1870s took place. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, so... There's a lot more history to that area than this distillery has, but they have a history of illegally distilling moonshine uh, in that specific in the Navy Yards in Brooklyn as a whole. Because, of course, when these whiskey wars took place, that was it was about if I have my dates correct, around 1868 through 1872 or 73. So pretty much right after this, you know, if anybody knows history all that well, right after the Civil War. Um, so of course it was something that a lot of people were trying to make money after the civil war in, uh, New York city. And it was something that the government was trying to make money off that to pay off all of their debts for, um, for having to, or the union, uh, government was trying to pay off all their debts for fighting the war. Um, and so it was something that of course these, these, Two opposing forces fought heads, butted heads a whole lot over that. Um, because, of course, the distillers didn't really want to pay the tax there in Brooklyn. Um, and so, of course, it was just something that, like, over the over those five-ish years, there was a whole bunch of 
just skirmishes between local police, well, actually not even local police, federal police uh, and federal army um, coming in there to try to seize all the illegal stills um, and just destroy them at bare minimum because the government wanted to make its revenue off of it. Uh, Um, And, you know, of course, they ended up always, the illegal moonshiners almost never got caught because local law enforcement always was on their side, almost, was always in their pocket. Um, But it was, it was, it was an interesting time in history for them because, of course, you know, the government is trying to pay off a whole lot of debt for a, at that time, probably the second biggest war in American history. Outside of arguably War of 1812, but for sure the Revolutionary War. Um, but, you know, even just beyond this, it was something that, you know, illegal saloons, just everything around the alcohol trade in that area, around the Brooklyn, or at least what is now the Brooklyn Navy Yards, um, which is heavily contested because, not just because of this, because of, but because it was also a heavy shipping area because we were not as big of a nation as we are at that time. And, you know, New York city was one of the biggest, um, shipping areas for the United States at still to this day, but especially for that time. Um, and a lot of the, a lot of the fighting was taken up, you know, like I said, uh, in the Navy yards, right around, uh, Brooklyn's fifth ward, you know, Irish town for anybody, uh, that knows it where, at the time, it was a lot of Irish settlers there, um, as well as some English, German, and Norwegian settlers who, you know, four big nations that love making alcohol of some kind, and they didn't really take too well to that taxation idea. Right. Um, being immigrants and everything. Taxation has left. Especially the Irish. <laughs> um, <laughs> with their whole idea of you know, being suppressed by the English. But, um, you know, so that there's a very, very distinct distilling history there in that area, even if Kings County is young and only about a decade old. Right. Uh, of course, all of their grain and their mash bills is, again, like Hudson, solely from New York State um, as a whole. And the name actually comes from, um, as you can kind of tell, Kings County, um, from the county that they are in, uh, which is that county specifically in New York City, uh, comprises mostly Brooklyn Borough and the surrounding towns of Brooklyn. Um, and of course, some of that name arises again from about the 1600s when the English took over from the Dutch, like the uh, Netherlands Dutch, not German Dutch. Um, and started to rename like everything in that area after anglicized names. So Kings County, I think that was named after King Charles II or Third. <clears throat> and then Brooklyn, more specifically, coming from anglicizing the Brooklyn name for the area, or the Dutch uh, name for the area of Brooklyn hmm. or Broekelen. I don't know how to pr- specifically pronounce it in Dutch, but. Uh, B-R-E-U-C-K-E-L-E-N, uh, however that's pronounced. Um, and it's something that, you know, you know, they still try to honor that tradition and everything, the historical tradition in that area. Um, 
with the distilling and everything. And it's something that they actually use 100% uh, copper alembic pot stills from Scotland. They ship over, or they shipped over um, from Scotland to their current operations. Um, And, of course, they try to uh, incorporate several different traditional global styles into their different uh, bourbons and American whiskeys to make really phenomenal products. I mean, I've... I've only tried one of theirs there, but it's still very good. Um, and of course, all of it starts out with their mash bill. Um, you know, something that they start out with an 80% organic corn um, and then 20% malted uh, barley. It's either going to be English or Scottish barley, depending on um, which product you're talking about from them. Okay. And then they typically are about a two to four year old aged product minimum um and then the only ones i can get my hands on are about pints or half pints um but they also have some uh 750 milliliter bottles if you go to the distillery that you can get i think gotcha um and of course all of this is um something that ends up going into all of their different uh bourbons and whiskeys that they offer um, unfortunately, you can't really order them online just due to New York law. You, I guess you can't order alcohol online. You actually have to go through a distillery or brewery itself or an authorized uh, local retailer for them in order to do that. Uh, I don't know why that is, but it's, it's just interesting. Uh, but their flagship bourbons are their uh, their straight bourbon, their peated uh, malt bourbon, and then their single malt uh, whiskey. And then they also have a whole bunch of different uh, other ones, such as their um, their different allocated whiskeys. <clears throat> I think their bottled and bond bourbon, and then their barrel strength bourbon, which is the one we'll be trying today. Um, and these ones will be typically about anywhere between two to five or six year old, if not older, um, stock. And they're typically ranging around uh, 116 to 128 proof, depending on the batch that you get there. Uh, last I saw at the end of 2020 or early 2021, they were on batch 14. Uh, but the one we'll be trying today. Uh, which I got graciously from gifted from my brother who lives in uh, New York City. Um, we're going to be trying batch 13. Um, and then they also have their Empire Rye, which is, um, of course, 80% substituting, basically substituting the 80% corn for 80% New York rye, and then uh, 20% both barley. And then they also have uh, various different moonshines, chocolate whiskeys, and a, a grapefruit jalapeno whiskey as well. And it's something like like through the through the past decade, they've actually won a whole bunch of awards, um, like from San Francisco Spirits, um, just various different global awards. You know, platinums, double golds, double platinums, golds, various different awards. And actually, in twenty sixteen. Uh, they actually were awarded, I don't know if it's Distillery of the Year or Craft Distillery of the Year, but um, they were awarded 2016 Distillery of the Year by American Distilling Institute. 
Um, so, you know, I mean, only six years into making whiskey to be awarded that, that's something very, very prestigious to get. Um, and of course they have like very, very old looking labels. It's just, um, a, a, um, very, very, at least on the bottle I was gifted, um, you know, very, very thin strip, uh, paper, basically just saying, you know, the distillery, which product it is, um, the alcohol by volume, the prefage, and how much it is. Um, and so, of course, the one, before we get into the tastings, the one that I'll, we'll be trying today, as I mentioned earlier, it'll be um, their barrel-strength bourbon, um, which, uh, like I said, that they're on batch 14 or 15 currently, but we're, we'll be trying um, batch number 13 from them. Uh, which is um, aged three years or more, and it's New York City's, not New York State's, oldest whiskey distillery. Because, uh, of course, the oldest whiskey distillery operating after Prohibition belongs to Hudson, as we discussed last week. Mm-hmm. And it'll be their barrel-strength uh, straight bourbon whiskey, and it was bottled at uh, 63.7% alcohol by volume, so about... 127.4 proof, so towards the higher end of their um, range that they typically have for their um, barrel strengths. I believe this will be the third strongest whiskey I've ever had. Yeah, second or third strongest one I've probably had too, outside yeah. of unaged distillate. Yeah, I've had the, um, let's see, the Booker's Tag Along batch that I have is stronger than this by just a hair. And then the Stag Jr. And then the Stag Jr. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so this is definitely, for most whiskeys, this is, at least aged whiskeys, this is going to be one of the stronger ones we've tasted. For sure. But it does not taste like that at all. All right, you ready to, are you ready for the tastings? Uh, Of course, I'm so ready for this. Let's do it. All right, folks, now that we all have a glass of the Kings County Barrel Strength uh, whiskey poured, we're going to go ahead and dive on into our tasting here. As always, we're going to start with the nose. a lot richer very pleasant yeah doesn't i like does it a lot smell like a barrel strength no, at all it definitely does not it's it's not harsh at all or super hot yeah. at all on the nose i'm getting a lot of uh i'm getting a lot of caramel i get some caramel in there i definitely get a little bit more of like a, a little bit more dark chocolate in there a little bit darker fruits in there yeah um it's a dark it has like a dark aroma to it i agree yeah and I should just mention, I mean, even looking, even looking at the color of it, I mean, it's comparatively to most other, um, most other whiskeys we've tried, it's definitely on the darker end of the color spectrum too. Agreed. You know, it definitely shows that. Oh, 100%. Even though it's a younger whiskey, it definitely shows, it definitely looks like it's been aged longer. Yep. Still getting some, um, some oak as well. I think that's the last note I kind of caught in there. Yeah, a bit of oak in there. I can see that. All right, folks, let's dive on into the palate. Crazy good, crazy smooth for the, the for the proofage. Yeah. If you compare that proofage to a tag along or the stag to so the stag junior it really i think is a is a lot smoother yeah 
Yeah, it's a lot smoother. It does not it does not bring some of that alcohol heat that especially I mean, we were talking off the podcast about a week or so ago about this and you know, it does not bring some of the heat that like Stag Junior brings. Yeah. Um not at all. Or similar bourbons bring, but it still brings a lot of that complexity to it. Yeah. I think it's very rich. There's a lot of different it's it's a very complex whiskey. I'm getting all kinds of different aspects of the flavor spectrum um finish stays around with me for a while very long but time. It, but it hangs out on my tongue and it does not hang out on the back of my throat which i think is really interesting especially for a a, a whiskey of this higher proofage stag jr the tag along anything that's in that 125 130 range typically really hangs out in your throat for me i guess this is not yeah for me. yeah no i i agree it sticks around a lot on the palate and it get you get some of the alcohol burn in your throat, but it does not stick around as much as some of those, like you said, higher proofage. Yeah, it's bourbons it, compared to the tagalong batch and to the to the stag junior. It doesn't hang out on my throat at all. Like you get an initial burn on the throat, but it it, it fades away, and I'm not very noticing it at all. Where I'm still having some of it hanging out on my tongue right now. Yeah, it definitely gives a very very good strong palate to it, and just doesn't really hit the. Uh, alcohol notes that you right. would typically get at that high proof and exactly you know i love it i mean it's i mean i know i texted you about it john it was you know this of all those high proofers that we've tried this beats them all especially because of that i agree this is the the best of that like really high-end proofage that i've had getting some mapley notes hanging out on the tongue here still um some oak uh really really lots of flavors in, in the palate yeah. i really like it yeah they've They've done a fantastic job. I mean, they're only, I forget who their master distiller is, but, you know, for a decade old, they're pumping out some good stuff. They're very deserving of the awards. Absolutely. I cannot complain about it at all. All right, folks, that's it from us this week. Make sure you go over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you subscribe, leave a review, listen to every episode of Distilled Discussions, share it on your your social media pages, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, you know, we're on both of those. We're on all the platforms, like I mentioned. Share it. Talk about it. Let your friends know. Let us give us some feedback as well. Yeah. Let us know what you think we could improve on, what you like, what you don't like. Let us know the good, bad, and the ugly. Let us exactly. Let us know some uh, new uh, whiskeys you might want us to try out even. Uh, so, we guys, again, we really do appreciate your support. Make sure you have a great week. Pour yourself another whiskey. And don't worry, America. We'll be here to drink with you next week.